They knew from the beginning these were lies. They knew from the beginning. They killed all these people. They poisoned all these people anyway. And I'm just going to tell you right now, man, I freaking fantasize at night about executing these people. After a fair trial, of course. Oh, yes. Before we lethally inject them, we'll give them the fair trial that they never gave us before they lethally injected us. I promise you. No hesitation, no guilt, no remorse. I'll dab and praise Jesus. I'll walk as fast as I can on that gallows stage myself, no matter what kind of crowd is amassed, and kick the chair out from underneath these people with the noose around their necks. And I won't think twice. In fact, I'll feel relieved like Ice Cube and coming out 10 pounds lighter after dropping the deuce. That's how I'll feel. Thank you, Lord, for the honor. Wouldn't think twice. Would like to do it more than twice. To every last one of them, they deserve it. They created a poisonous shot that attacks your nervous system, that attacks your heart, that attacks your for the fertility rates. The best we can say about these people is out of sheer abhorrent greed, they, they created something that had the ability to wreck large swaths of humanity. That's the best we can say. That's the best we can say. The best we can say. So what do you think is the worst? No. No. Quote me proper media matters. I'll do it myself. No mask. I want the world to know that I was the one that kicked the chair out from underneath them. After a fair trial, of course. Wake up, America, before it's too late. The Steve Day Show. And greetings. Happy Tuesday. Welcome to the Steve Day Show here live and on demand on Blaze TV radio and podcast. What happened while we were away brought to you by TriallsAndExecution.com. Dutch politician Rob Roos, a fully verified member of the European Union Parliament, asked a representative of Pfizer, Janine Small, a very simple question recently. I will speak in English so there are no misunderstandings. Was... The Pfizer COVID vaccine tested on stopping the transmission of the virus before it entered the market. If not, please say it clearly. If yes, are you willing to share the data with this committee? The question around, um, did we know about stopping immunization before um, it entered the market? No, uh, these, um, you know, we had to really move at the speed of science to really understand what is taking place in the market. And from that point of view, we had to do everything at risk. I think our Dr. Bourla, even though he's not here, would turn around and say to you himself, uh, if not us, then who? Um, Dr. Bourla actually felt the importance of what was going on in the world. And therefore, as a result of that, we actually um, spent 
$2 billion at risk uh, of self-funded money from Pfizer to be able to manufacture, as it, well, first of all, research, develop and manufacture at risk to be able to make sure that we were in a position to be able to help um, with the pandemic. And, uh, and I think that's why I feel very good when a recent paper um, from the Imperial College stated that in the first year of the rollout of, of vaccines, um, we saved uh, four million people. Small made these comments during an EU Parliament hearing investigating whether Pfizer CEO Albert Bourla negotiated a contract for the COVID jabs with the European Union via text message. While we were gone last week, we learned at least 11 more pro-life activists have been indicted and have had their homes raided by heavily armed FBI agents for exercising their First Amendment rights by protesting outside of baby-killing facilities in Tennessee. One of the men arrested is named Paul Vaughn, and he was arrested in front of his three children and wife who filmed the agents during their early morning raid of their home. Can I have your name? You're not gonna give me your name. You're not gonna give me any information. A few new notable Trafalgar Group polls show Kathy Hochul with a razor-thin lead in New York's gubernatorial race over Lee Zeldin. In New Hampshire, Democrat Maggie Hassan is clinging to a tedious three-point lead over Republican Don Bolduch. One of the latest national Joe Biden job approval polls is from Civics, and it once again finds him underwater by 23 points overall, underwater by 30 points with independents, and underwater by at least 22 points with independents in the key battleground states of Arizona, Georgia, Nevada, and Pennsylvania. Joe Biden was recently asked about the continued hikes in energy costs. It's a disappointment, and it says that there are problems. Are you worried about it's it? A new lawsuit says the state of Idaho's health department denied individuals from receiving Medicare funding for meatball surgery to create a gash or fake penis. The state's health department allegedly correctly said the surgeries are cosmetic and elective. Thus, they shouldn't receive Medicare funding. Meanwhile, in Tennessee, a massive victory for sanity. After the Daily Wire's Matt Walsh released his investigation into Vanderbilt University hospitals performing so-called gender-affirming surgeries on minors, the university preemptively sent a letter to the state legislature informing them, regardless of the outcome of a forthcoming bill banning genital mutilation of minors, they're going to stop doing that regardless. PayPal quickly reneged on a new user policy change that would have allowed the company permission to steal the user's money up to $2,500 if users are found to be propagating what PayPal deems as disinformation. The company quickly backtracked on the changes. Tulsi Gabbard surprised absolutely no one when she made this announcement recently. I can no longer remain in today's Democratic Party that's under the complete control of an elitist cabal of warmongers who are driven by cowardly wokeness, who divide us by racializing every issue and stoking anti-white racism, who actively work to undermine our God-given freedoms that are enshrined in our Constitution, who are hostile to people of faith and spirituality, 
who demonize the police but protect criminals at the expense of law-abiding Americans, who believe in open borders, who weaponize the national security state to go after their political opponents, and above all, who are dragging us ever closer to nuclear war. And finally, Casey DeSantis, wife of Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, is featured in a powerful new campaign ad featured in that state's gubernatorial race. Take a look. I get asked all the time, who is Ron DeSantis? Well, he's the kid who grew up right here in Florida, working his tail off, paying his own way through school, then volunteering to serve in the Navy and deploying to Iraq. He's the man who I fell in love with from the moment we met. And he's the dad of three very rambunctious, energetic children. Mamie, our two-year-old little comedian, Madison, our beautiful, sweet five-year-old, and Mason, our four-year-old athlete. But if you want to know who Ron DeSantis really is, when I was diagnosed with cancer and I was facing the battle for my life, he was the dad who took care of my children when I couldn't. He was there to pick me off of the ground when I literally could not stand. He was there to fight for me when I didn't have the strength to fight for myself. That is who Ron DeSantis is. And that's what happened while we were away. With all due respect to everything else in the montage today, there there really is one issue that rules them all to discuss. We need to define the term smoking gun. And I, I think we need to understand that it's highly unlikely in this era in which we live where people don't even want to read end times fiction because it hits too close to home. Klaus Schwab is a literal Bond villain come to life. Like, we couldn't make something up that was that on the nose. And yet it's true. There's, if you're waiting for some form of official, we got them and that's why we're going to blank, that this will just occur organically out of some desire for justice. It's not happening. Smoking guns will, will happen when we pick up the weapons of government and justice and wield them against these people because the evidence demands that verdict. They're never convening a Nuremberg trial on their own. We will have to force them to do it. That all being said, perhaps the closest thing we have seen to a smoking gun throughout this entire escapade. Something that somebody like me did not dig up. A story that somebody like Daniel Horowitz did not write. An interview that a Robert F. Kennedy Jr., did not give something that just happened within the normal processes of governing where the right question was asked at the right time 
and the camera caught it. That opening moment in Aaron's montage from a fully verified member of the European Union Parliament is the closest I have seen yet. Watching it, it reminded me very much of the Roe versus Wade hearing at the U.S. Supreme Court in 1972. And one of the justices asks the attorney for Jane Roe, who is a representative of NARAL, the National Abortion Rights Action League. One of the justices asks her, what if a state were to determine that the fetus in the womb is a person? And the NARAL attorney nervously giggles and says, well, <laughs> that would make my case a lot harder to prove. That's the exact same giggle you hear from that Pfizer rep when she is asked a very pointed question. Frankly, it is a question I've not even thought to ask. This is a level of lie and deception beyond what I've even accused them of. Forget lying about the transmission data. Lying about the fact that once the virus evolved, their jab was obsolete. Forget that. We weren't even really attempting to create a vaccine or an inoculation in the first place. We weren't even attempting to do it in the first place. We had to move at, quote, the speed of science, end quote. But notice what she says next in response to the marketplace. Which is it? Exactly. Exactly. Meanwhile, you're nothing to them. You're a test subject. You're chattel to them. This is one of the most extraordinary admissions we could possibly receive. And I want to reset this timeline. One of the days we were off last week, I was on my buddy Dan Bongino's show, and I wanted to make sure for his audience, which is far bigger than mine, frankly. I wanted to, That's why I wanted to do this. I wanted to... Make sure everybody understands this timeline. On August 6th, 2021, Rochelle Walensky goes on national television on CNN with Wolf Blitzer and admits, this is on August 6th, 2021, she admits that with the full arrival of the Delta variant here now in the United States, the jabs no longer are effective against transmission of the virus. She admits this on August the 6th. It is September 9th, more than a full month after this moment that Joe Biden issues the executive order that he had claimed all year long he had no power to issue. And that is to say, you basically can't buy or sell like the mark because good luck buying or selling anything without a job. So you can't work if you don't take this jab, which his own CDC director had admitted more than a full month prior to this event doesn't actually stop you from giving the virus to somebody else. She even went a step further, said to Wolf Blitzer that the jab can also spread the virus. 
otherwise known in Todd's group of uh, granola crunchers as vaccine shedding, what they always deny doesn't happen. You guys are nuts. She even admitted to this on CNN. And then over a month later, the president said, you can't be a functioning member of American society if you don't take this. That was after you were told if you took the jab, you wouldn't spread the virus. They knew from the beginning these were lies. They knew from the beginning. They killed all these people. They poisoned all these people anyway. And I'm just going to tell you right now, man. I freaking fantasize at night about executing these people. After a fair trial, of course. Oh, yes. Before we lethally inject them, we'll give them the fair trial that they never gave us before they lethally injected us. I promise you, no hesitation, no guilt, no remorse. I'll dab and praise Jesus. I'll walk as fast as I can on that gallows stage myself, no matter what kind of crowd is amassed, and kick the chair out from underneath these people with the noose around their necks. And I won't think twice. In fact, I'll feel relieved like Ice Cube and coming out 10 pounds lighter after dropping the deuce. That's how I'll feel. Thank you, Lord, for the honor. Wouldn't think twice. Would like to do it more than twice. To every last one of them, they deserve it. They created a poisonous shot that attacks your nervous system, that attacks your heart, that attacks your for the fertility rates. The best we can say about these people is out of sheer abhorrent greed, they, they created something that had the ability to wreck large swaths of humanity. That's the best we can say. That's the best we can say. The best we can say. So what do you think is the worst? No. No. Quote me proper media matters. I'll do it myself. No mask. I want the world to know that I was the one that kicked the chair out from underneath them. After a fair trial, of course. Gentlemen, your thoughts. I know she's blonde and British, but I've seen this uh, movie before. Uh, the gentleman asked her, uh, did you order the code red? And she said, you're damn right I did. And then she said, you want me on that wall. You need me on that wall. We had to move at the speed of science. You would have been nothing without us. We are the people you've been waiting for. I've seen this movie before. But when Colonel Jessup said it in that movie, we frog marched him right out of that courtroom and justice began immediately. Yet here we are. Where are the Ralph Naders of the world? Where are the Michael Moores of the world? You, they used to make documentaries about this level of fraud. Mm -hmm. And this level of fraud is leading directly to death. This is every liberal narrative against corporate yes. America and corporatism ever fulfilled. And yet where are they? It's what Tulsi Gabbard says. They're yes. just, you know, they're just woke warmongers. The corporations are woke, so they get protected. We don't protest. We don't protest giving West Germany nuclear weapons as a deterrent against the Soviet Union. We now actually give bad people nuclear weapons and hope they launch for a Twitter thread and hashtag. Can I come with you when you kick the chairs out? Oh, by all means. It will be a party. I just get to do the deed. And with pride.
All right, we've been teasing this for the last couple of weeks. I just didn't have the chance to get to it, but I definitely want to discuss it because there's been a ton of coverage of this movie. Now, a lot of it's for the drama associated with it offset. Um, But the movie in and of itself, Don't Worry Darling, it has a phenomenal trailer. It's one of the few major studio, somewhat respectable budget films we've had in in the last month because we've we've officially hit that lull of production from the covid shutdowns right so now you know in a couple of weeks we're going to get black adam uh you'll get the new uh, black panther movie things of that nature but it has been a very slow end of summer early fall at the box office there's not a lot happening there september was the worst month that wasn't a covid shutdown It was the worst September in Hollywood history in terms of total amount of money brought in. Worst September, when adjusted for inflation, worst September in Hollywood history, except for during the, the, uh, I'm sorry, not September, month. Worst month in Hollywood history, except for during COVID lockdowns. So one of the big movies that was brought out with a lot of fanfare was called Don't Worry Darling. And if you watch the trailer, it clearly gives you a vibe. If you guys are old enough to remember, maybe Aaron's not. The Stepford Wives. That was really popular when you and I were little. Okay. And it it tries to play on that. And it really tries hard. And in fact, the filmmakers claim they're even doing it. It's directed by uh, a female actress, Olivia Wilde. Um, For those of you that don't know, if you've seen the trailer, she's the woman that is smoking in the trailer all the time. That's Olivia Wilde. The plot of the film, and remember, we're just going full spoiler here because I can't deconstruct the film without doing it. The, The plot of the film is you are led to believe at the beginning that there is this compound of a society overseen by... Uh, Chris Pine's character, who Olivia Wilde claims is based on Jordan Peterson. Except the character's like nothing like Jordan Peterson. In fact, the character's very much like Mark Zuckerberg. Uh, Especially when you find out what's really going on, which I will tell you here in a moment. All right. Uh, You think that this is a society in the late 50s, early 60s, where they are attempting to create some form of technological, patriarchal, um, system. You think maybe it's like the Stepford wives or the women are either brought back from the dead or robots. Uh, their memories have been wiped. They all have the same stories of how they met their husbands and everything else that they've been programmed. What you come to find out later in the film is that the movie is much more the matrix. This is actually taking place in the present day. What Chris Pine has created his character This is why I make the comparison to Mark Zuckerberg. He has created a metaverse. That you can essentially, if you pay him an exorbitant fee, escape your life. If your life lacks meaning, purpose, um, you can escape that life and live forever in this metaverse. Because that's what Jordan Peterson's all about. Escaping reality so that you can plug into a machine and be an automaton like Jordan Peterson, hate him, revile him, revere him. Is that what he's about on any level whatsoever? No, no, no. If if anything, he's created enemies out of demanding that you accept reality and live in it. Okay. This movie is about escaping it completely. So right away, 
the caricature of the villain it has is not the correct caricature. This is much more Mark Zuckerberg than it is Jordan Peterson. In fact, I had no idea until after seeing the film. I remember walking out of it with my wife and saying, so the villain is Mark Zuckerberg. I didn't find out till afterwards when I did a little reading about the movie that they intended it to be a caricature of Jordan Peterson. I'm like, that's, that's not Jordan Peterson at all. Okay. The movie makes you think it is striking a blow against the patriarchy. But it's not. In fact, we're not quite to Wonder Woman territory where you and I spent a year surmising that Patty Jenkins must be a closeted Christian or conservative to some degree because the themes that she strikes in that movie are so obvious of the worldview that it's connected to and even the way that it's communicated, could that have possibly been done by accident, right? right. I mean, we had that discussion all throughout 2017 on this show after that movie came out, right? Right. In, in this movie, I'm pretty sure it's, it's ignorance. That they really don't understand what they even claim to be for or opposing. Olivia Wilde's character, when she finds out, she, in fact, you find out later she knew this was a Matrix-like simulation the entire time. She's known for many years that she was in a simulation, but she wants to stay. Why does she want to stay? Because in real life, her children died. And she has a massive hole in her heart that's never been replaced. And in this reality, her children can live. She can be a mom again. Damn patriarchy. I mean, that's, I mean are you, that, that, I'm not making... What I'm about to say and am saying, none of this is made up. She chooses to live within this simulation because what she wants most in her life is to be a mom again, and it's the only place where that can happen. She's too old to have children. Her children died. This is the only way for her to acquire the meaning that she most wants, to be a mom. What What is feminist and anti-patriarchal about that Todd nothing nothing is no I have no idea nothing is Gemma Chan plays Mark Zuckerberg Chris Pine's wife in the film she's kind of the leader of the wives and enforces their compliance at the end of the film when Zuckerberg loses control of his metaverse because the female lead and who's the name I can't remember the gal that's um, the new Black Widow in the Marvel Cinematic Universe what's her name uh, Florence Pugh. When Florence Pugh's character escapes, and, 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 and by the way, what was she doing before? Here's the reality she wants to go back to. Her husband was a complete loser nobody who lived off of her while she pulled double shifts as an ER doctor. So again, I mean, what, what is the feminist statement here? Her resentment for her husband comes from the fact he won't step up and lead the home, won't provide. And so she's got to work double shifts while he sits home and never finds a job and listens to podcasts all day. So we have Olivia Wilde's character who wants to remain in this simulation because it's the only place where she can be a mother and, and find true meaning in life. Florence Pugh's character, the feminist ideal in the film, blows up the simulation by escaping it and blowing the whistle on it so she can return to a life 
where she was working double shifts as an ER doctor while her complete beta husband didn't do a damn thing but listen to podcasts and play around on a computer all day long. But the, the piece de resistance here of, of the cell phone, this is like an unholy trinity of cell phones. All right, this is an entire, this, this is like the movie we would write if we wanted to do a takedown of feminism. And this is supposedly the, the take up of, of feminism. Here's the, here's the best part. If you didn't like those other two, wait till you see this one. Gemma Chan's character, she is the, the wife of Chris Pine's Mark Zuckerberg inside this metaverse. When Florence Pugh escapes, and thus that means the entire racket's going to get blown to sky high. All right? Here's the big feminist statement that Gemma Chan's character makes at the end. She stabs her husband to death. And you think what's about to happen is... She's like, going to throw off the shackles of the patriarchy. I'm finally out of here, right? I'm finally out of here. No, that's, that's actually not what happens. Does she just take over? Yes. Yeah. And, and in fact, the last line of dialogue uttered in the film, I believe, is my turn. Or it's her last line of dialogue in the, in the, uttered in the film. My turn. I'll do this better. My turn. I get to run this now. This is, and they looked from man to pig and pig to man and back to pig again, and they couldn't tell the difference. This poops Orwellian. This isn't a takedown of feminism at all. It's a fulfillment of every trope and bromide of its lie that people like us have deconstructed this entire time. And so here's the salvation of these women. Let me go back to a reality where my beta husband doesn't lead, doesn't provide, and I work double shifts instead. I take over the metaverse I will, I will do a better job of subjecting us than the men did. I'll be just like the men. I'll be as cunning and cold and ruthless just like the men. That's where I find my freedom. And then the woman who chooses to stay in this simulation because her heart can't get over the fact she lost her children and she wants to be a mom most of all. That's the plot of the film. I'm like that gif you posted on another matter this morning where he's like point of order. I don't... So all these people voluntarily paid yes. to get in. So they yes. knew they were getting into this. Yes. And then their brain, then they're well, like. Well, the, the implication is that the husbands pay and the wife and the wives, they, 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 they have the wives join against their will. And so that's oh. why, it, that's why it matters that Olivia Wilde has knew, knew all along it was a simulation, but wanted to stay. Okay. In this idyllic world, these women don't have to work. They don't have to do anything. Their husbands are away all day long. How they're, what, what happens is you can't afford to pay to join the metaverse. And so you work for the, the husbands have to leave to go back to the real world to work like drones, to work off the cost of living in this metaverse. During the day while the husbands are off working, the women just live an idyllic 1958, 62 suburban lifestyle of shopping and gossip and whatever they want to do, swimming, exercise ballet, whatever they want to do. And then the husbands go back into the real world and work and then come back into the metaverse after they have put in their work uh, day at the work camp to pay off Chris Pine and Mark Zuckerberg's character. So why did Florence Pugh, why did she want to, or why did somebody want her to be in there? Her husband was ashamed that he couldn't get a job and provide for her and was ashamed at how ashamed of him she was and how hard she was working. So instead of, you know, like, just going and getting a job. He decided to plug him into the metaverse instead. 
And she had no idea. She had no idea. And then fought to go back to a life where she worked double shifts in the ER. Yeah, this is the opposite. How you, We talk about all the comic book movies about ultimately, it's not just what you said with Wonder Woman, how, how all of them were providential to some degree about what's happened in the last four or five years. Mm-hmm. The, the, like everything that is dystopian now, like this, is actually just so behind the times. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 it, it can't help but be wrong because it's it's trying to do something that may have been interesting and edgy 20 years ago but you real the devil has passed you by now you just look stupid like you said yeah it's i i actually thought the movie at times was somewhat smart until we got to the end and then I'm, and and when the movie jumps the shark in fact, I mean like somersaults over it, like pole vaults over the shark, is when Gemma Chan stabs the husband and says, my turn. I get to be like you now. I get to impose my own system of dominance. I'll just behave just like you do. Isn't that the lie of feminism? Become like men. And now here we are, a generation later, and the men now are replacing the women. We don't even know what a woman is. I don't, she doesn't even seem to know what her, I, really, I recall there was a casting controversy about this too, that somebody was originally supposed to be the Chris Pine character, but he ended up, she, Olivia Wilde deemed him yeah, too, it was, um, too macho, too something. Uh, it was uh, what's his face that has, has had a lot of issues recently. Oh yes, it was. Who's now uh, Padre Pio is Catholic. It's, um, um, yeah. He, Disney no. actor. I can't remember his name, but yeah. Yeah, it was in the Indiana Jones. Yes. Yes. That's what it was. And it was yeah. because of his Catholic conversion. That's, yeah. um, and then ultimately, I guess Olivia Wilde, uh, Shia LaBeouf, thank you. Yeah. I guess Olivia Wilde had a affair on set with Harry Styles and now her husband, who's, I think it's that Jason, Jason Sud- Sudeikis, Sudeikis yeah. is filed. I mean, there's a ton of drama surrounding this film. Yeah. That's all more interesting, by the That's, way, than and, what you and, told and, me about And probably this movie. far more truthful than anything the movie claims to represent. Yeah. Far more truthful. I mean, the, the, I, don't, I don't know why, I, I, how any woman could look at that and think, that's what I aspire to. If anything, the only character that you sympathize with is Olivia Wilde's character, who chooses to stay in the simulation because she just, she can't handle the grief of no longer being a mom. Well, I mean, this is a lot. This is the chaos. If I, if we want to bring it back to politics, this is the chaos behind the Trump vote that you talk about and Karen and the Mm cul-de-sac. I mean, it's chaos. Mm -hmm. There's no connecting of any rational dots and the rest of us are made to suffer for it. There is a not, sadly, a not insignificant portion of well-to-do, educated, woke white women. Olivia Wilde. That are the most destructive force in our culture today. Uh, they, they, the, de- the demand to kill their own children, the demand to mutilate. I mean, that's what 
Kimberly Reichs was talking about yeah. this, you know, Ankeny Democrat official, my own kids are trans. I demand that you, I get to mutilate my kids and I demand that you mutilate your kids too. And, and then let me soul murder them. Otherwise you're a bigot if you don't go along with me. Right there. And then there's the beta male husbands, all these men who put their wives in this simulation rather than just stepping up and what's easier. Just go get a job to yeah. get off your ass and go get a job. So weak men lead to hard times. And in the end, the Black Widow is always more cunning and more ruthless than her male arachnid counterparts. That's what you see in this film. Fun. That's one word for it. John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.